In Georgia, a mother of three missing for two years is confirmed dead. In Chicago, more than balls were flying in Comiskey Park when shots fired sent baseball fans into a frenzy. And a new text message scam is on the rise. And after your personal information, and it all starts with a picture of a wine bottle. These stories and more coming at you today, Thursday, August 31st, on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Congratulations, Jim. It only took 17 takes to get through the intro today. That was 16 uh, takes. Smooth. smooth. 16. Announcing is 100% mental. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to wish my son... Brady, a happy 30th birthday. Big man turns 30 today. Happy birthday, Brady. Happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday. 30, dirty 30, they call that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a that was a great. Don't do anything dirty year. on your 30th, Brady. <laughs> Brady, get after it. All right. So let's get into some true crime. It's crime time. Crime time. Yes. Yeah, for so- Thursday. And we're going to tell you about a Georgia mother of three who has been confirmed dead more than two years after she vanished on a hiking trail. We're seeing a lot of this right. yeah. lately. Now, her her particular incident uh, occurred more than two years ago, but authorities have announced her uh, dead. Olivia Samantha Fowler, 27, was last seen at 1030 in the morning on August 13th of 2021 in rural Merriweather County, Georgia, wearing flip flops, a tie dye shirt and shorts. Her family reported her missing the next day. Her aunt, Tamara McCoy, said that her niece had disappeared after seeing a man she had been dating. Human remains discovered uh were discovered and identified as Fowler through DNA testing in in December of 2022. However, they were just connected to her this week, and it kind of surprised me it took that long. Yeah. Uh, you're talking nine months or, or yeah, thereabouts. So, uh, and, and we'll talk in a second about the length of time with DNA, but officers met with and notified the immediate family members on Monday And Meriwether Sheriff Chuck Smith said this in a statement, although the outcome of the disappearance of Olivia Fowler is not what any of the family or law enforcement wanted, the investigation remains active and ongoing. The sheriff added there is still much evidence to be analyzed and processed. He did not disclose how she died or whether her death has been deemed suspicious. Her remains were located in a rural area of the county by investigators acting on a tip. Acting on a tip. So somebody probably knew she was there. Uh, The Georgia Bureau of Investigation Crime Scene Unit assisted the recovery of her body and started processing the scene, including conducting an autopsy. And they sent a DNA sample to the FBI crime lab, which was able to identify her earlier this week. Uh, So... You know, some at least the family has has a has a body to bury now. I guess right. you could say, and not the outcome you would want, but uh, just a beautiful young lady who was, uh, you know, taken way too soon and and found on a hiking trail. Right. They're not saying yet if it was questionable circumstances, but mm. mm-hmm. pretty much guarantee it is. Yeah, ladies, don't go hiking by yourself. Or anyone, really, man or ladies, but uh, but these females seem to be 
uh, as I dig through this research, there's a lot of them that get snatched on high when yeah. they're hiking. A lot of those predators can hide out and, and watch people come through and <clears throat> fantasize about them until they want to act upon it, right? Yeah. The, the uh, maybe she looks too young to just ha- had a heart attack or something, but yeah, we shall yeah, see. I'm thinking foul play, but we'll fight, we'll keep you posted. Well, and I don't know because it was this way in California, it may not be in, in, in Georgia, but. Unless you're at a you know really 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 early in the morning or really really late, there's a lot of people out there in these hike. I mean, they're pretty popular. The main hiking trails and yeah, people are out on them. I don't know how one, they don't have to drag you that far to you or seclude it, right? That's like, a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, if you're able to yell, I would think people would be hearing you. I, I don't know. It's it uh, seems like an unlikely place for an attack, but yet we hear about attacks at these places all the time. It's crazy, and evil exists, right? And as I will tell you in this next story, a Minnesota woman's boyfriend is facing murder charges nearly two months after she was found dead in her home and wrapped in layers of blankets. The victim, uh, Danica Bergenson, 33, was found by officers in her Hopkins, Minnesota home on July the 8th after they were notified by her building manager who reported groaning yelling and banging sounds coming from her unit. Police also found her boyfriend, Matthew Brenneman, 39, inside the bathroom, grunting and growling and smelling of bleach. In the aftermath of her death, Bergeson's father recalled her as being really engaging and someone with a clear moral compass. Uh, Brenneman is now facing one charge of second-degree murder and one charge of second-degree murder while under a restraining order. It wasn't immediately clear if he had entered a plea. Officers first spotted Bergenson's decomposed hand buried in layers of blankets, and it was determined that she had been dead for a few days. The complaint further states that her friends and family began worrying about her on July 2nd, and on July 7th, a day before her body was discovered, Bergenson's mother received correspondence from her phone that didn't sound like it was coming from her. And we're seeing this all the time yeah. in cases, right? But the complaint cited phone records showing that Brenneman was allegedly in the vicinity of Bergerson's address on June 29th, two days after he was released from jail following his prior assault on her, right? So he's out on bond. Well, you're going to get automatic no contact order and a temporary restraining order. And here he is doing it again. At the time, he was spotted in her, her area. There was an active restraining order against him from the court. According to the complaint, there were numerous alleged incidents of assault on Bergerson in the past, and when Brennan bit and punched her multiple times. Following an attack in April, he allegedly sent text messages to a friend claiming he gave Bergerson a black eye and she deserved it, if any woman ever has. He is being held under a million and a half dollar bond on the murder charges. And the complaint states that her autopsy revealed numerous wounds across her body and the nature of her death was classified undetermined. Wow. Pretty much sure you're wrapped up in blankets and the carpet, but (laughs) this happens, y'all. It just really, really happens. Mm. Let's go to your favorite town, Woody. Um, Pinellas County, Florida, but it's not town. No, and Pinellas, we're thinking of you. You're in a 
They're inside the cone warning today. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, a lot of a good portion of the state of Florida is. Uh, but no, your favorite big city. Chicago. Oh, yeah. I do. Like, I, I particularly the south side of yep. Chicago where the White Sox play baseball. Right. Two fans were injured after shots were fired at a White Sox baseball game on Friday night. Two women, a 42-year-old and a 26-year-old, were injured while sitting in the bleachers as the White Sox and Oakland A's played at, oh gosh, Guaranteed Rate Field, or as 99.999% of the world refers to it, Comiskey Park, according to a statement from the Chicago police. Authorities said the 42-year-old was shot in the leg and the 26-year-old was grazed by a bullet in the abdomen. She actually refused medical treatment. The 42-year-old was taken to University of Chicago Hospital and is going to be okay. According to a statement issued by the White Sox, it remains, quote, unclear to investigators whether the shots were fired from outside or inside the ballpark. The White Sox are thinking of the victims at this time and wishing them a speedy recovery. A baseball fan who was a couple of rows behind the two women who were wounded, told ABC7 Chicago that he didn't hear or see what happened. It happened just two rows in front of me, and there was no one in front of us. All of a sudden, this lady just starts bleeding from the leg, Tom Miller said. He added that security allowed him and other fans that were close to him to move to a new section after the shooting. He said that he yelled out, quote, hey, do you mind if we move our seats over a section? People are getting shot in this section. Despite the incident, the game played on and the White Sox were defeated by the A's. Not that any of you care. Some people may have thought this was a promotion. After all, it's Oakland versus Chicago. In the ultimate act of showing what a pretender he is, a free concert featuring Vanilla Ice that was scheduled to take place after the game was canceled. What kind of true hip-hop star cancels a show because of a few gunshots? Uh, Just saying. Gangster. An announcement was made that blamed, quote, technical difficulties for the cancellation. Yes. Technically, nobody wanted to get shot, so they were having difficulties getting them to go up on stage. (laughs) In other exciting Windy City news, Chicago's new mayor, Lori Lightfoot Light, otherwise known as Brandon Johnson, responded to criticism over the 100% jump in car thefts in Chicago year to date. What did Johnson do? He announced that the city is suing both Kia and Hyundai over claims that their cars lack appropriate anti-theft measures. Measures Clearly, Chicago has a Kia problem, not a crime problem. Hmm. All right. I wish they didn't have a crime problem. Look, and, yeah, and that's our second, uh, second in two days. You go to uh, some sort of athletic event right. and you got to dodge bullets. Yeah. But my, my man, vanilla ice has got a post for that. I mean, he's got to come out and come on. And they busted him for being, a, you know, a fake gangster back in the day. Right. <laughs> hey, take heed. He's a lyrical poet. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go get on to some other business and look, I can speak on this. How dare, how dare they Woody Everton try to, uh, 
scam me when I oh, report yeah. on you scams are, for a living. You are the investigative scam reporter. But mm. I was a personal attempted victim yeah. of this. I was too smart for him. That's right. Let me tell you, you about can't, this. You can't get four bottles of Viagra for the price of one. <laughs> Those deals aren't real. <laughs> Let me tell you about this one. Uh, smishing. Learn that word, smishing. The word smishing comes from combining SMS, for short message service, the technology behind texting with phishing, the practice of trying to steal personal or financial information through deceptive communications. Primarily, that happens via email. Basically, it's phishing by another means, namely text messages on mobile devices. Like phishing emails, smishing texts are social engineered scams to aim at manipulating people into turning over sensitive data, such as social security numbers, credit card numbers, and account passwords, things of that nature. Uh, They rely on persuading you that the sender is familiar or a trusted source or that you'd want to get to know them, which was my situation, and that urgent action is needed to secure a benefit, (laughs) resolving uh, the problem and averting a threat. Now, I'm going to tell you all out there, beware of the wine text. That's right. Uh, And y'all, last week I received one myself. Typically, you get these when it's a picture of someone's hand and in it, a very expensive bottle of wine. Then, at least in my case, they send another text a little while later and they say, oh, gosh, I texted the wrong person. But hey, how are you? And cheers. If you respond, which I did not, but if you do, they will try to befriend you, strike up a little friendship, maybe a little conversation, and somehow talk you out of some personal information. Scam rating services are rating the wine text as the most active scam thus far this year. If you get this text, here's what you need to do. You block the number, delete the text, and you should be fine. Sadly, not everyone has done this, and it's estimated that scammers have gotten away with over $6 million worth of cash using this scam and debiting bank accounts. And I'm going to post online the actual text that I got in the picture that I got, um, it, it was about a nine hundred dollar bottle of wine because I looked it up. Right. The, bo- the Boone's Farm. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not Boone's Farm. Definitely not twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's so a good year for Boone's Farm. Right? We'll post that, but but uh, look, they, all joking aside, these scams are serious things. People fall fall uh, prey to those well, every day. Always coming up. With new angles, right? Yeah. The, uh, the smishing. Crazy. Smishing. Smishing thing. Scam. Uh, yeah, I never knew SMS meant short messaging service. Yep. yep. And learn something new. There you that. go. Only uh, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. Only on Real Life Real Woody, Crime Woody, can you learn these little tidbits? Well, shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? You love it. You sound like, it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried AstroPro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? AstroPro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, 
I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last week, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. AstroPro and go. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Oh, uh, let me tell you something. This one is definitely real life, real crime, and it's going to be a hard one here, y'all. A Florida mother of twins died after she was shot seven times out of bar early Wednesday morning in Pensacola, Florida. 25-year-old Christian Ketchup was arrested on felony homicide charge in connection with a shooting outside the Mugs and Jugs bar in Pensacola. Mugs and Jugs identified the victim as Tierra Binion. Uh, Rachel DeRise, a 23-year-old woman who was identified as Ketchup's girlfriend, was also arrested and charged with battery on Thursday in connection to the shooting. According to the police, the two women were in a physical fight at the time of the shooting, and they reportedly began arguing inside the bar and eventually moved to the parking lot where Ketchup allegedly blindsided, punched Binion, and knocked her out. Deputies alleged that Darius continued to hit Binion as she lay cold, and Ketchup then shot her seven times. She jumped back on her and started punching her again, Sheriff Simmons told the news outlets. Binion's sister, Jordan, said in the past few years she has been going back and forth and she tried to enroll in the military. During this time, she lived between Florida and Virginia where her husband and two four-year-old sons live. They are now motherless and will not know what it's like to have her anymore, Jordan said. 
on Thursday morning, Darius was released on um, a fifteen thousand dollar bond. He said, "I disagree with the bond being set so low." Jordan said, "And I'm hoping that further charges happen at, at a later time." And according to the court records, Ketchup is being held with no bond. His upcoming court date is scheduled for September thirteenth. Jordan says uh, she's heard some negative commentary that blamed her sister for being at a bar. And as adults, we all have parental responsibilities, and then we all tend to find a way to enjoy our free time or go out every once in a while for a drink and just be social. And I don't see any sin or any wrong in that. Tierra was out with her friends. She added she was having a good time. Yeah. And then y'all, I, I had a little bit of personal knowledge on this case, but the from what I was told, the, um, the – the girl that was getting the beat down, and, and uh, I mean, like she was like really, really getting beat. But the problem was, her boyfriend left the scene and went to a vehicle and got a pistol and came back and shot her. And so it's going to be real problems for for them. And it was we hate it for everybody involved. Yeah, it's and, awful and just horrible. And hell, I was just there, just there a couple weeks ago. Mm. Let's go to our nation's capital, where an unnamed 16-year-old may be the hardest working kid in the carjacking business. Mm -hmm. A 16-year-old was arrested Friday for allegedly committing a series of armed carjackings and robberies over a span of just a few hours in the D.C. area. D.C. Metro Police said a 16-year-old juvenile male of Southeast D.C. was arrested Friday and charged with armed carjacking, armed robbery, kidnapping, possession of unregistered ammunition, and possession of a large-capacity ammunition feeding device. Police said the suspect committed three armed carjackings between 2.44 a.m. and 4.46 a.m. in Southeast D.C., so... Three carjackings in that two-hour period. The suspect committed an armed robbery and kidnapping just after 10 p.m. later that evening. Then, between 4.32 a.m. and 5.20 a.m., less than an hour, the following morning, the suspect allegedly committed six more armed robberies in southeast D.C. and northeast, according to police. Good. So, let's just... Tally this up for a second. We got three carjackings, then we've got an armed robbery and a kidnapping thrown in, and then we got six more armed robberies. So in a 27-hour span, we've got seven armed robberies, three carjackings, and a kidnapping. Mm. Assuming he slept somewhere in there for a little bit. You know, right. Basically, he was pulling off a, a major crime every hour. Police did not release additional details about the suspect's identity, and the case remains under investigation. Carjackings remain a pervasive problem in D.C., and the perpetrators are increasingly juveniles. And we all know why they're increasingly juveniles in these big cities, because the uh, the penalties uh, for the uh, juveniles are are minor and they're not treated as uh, adults, even though they are committing some of the most serious crimes possible. Last week, a 12 year old was arrested uh, for uh, carjacking in in D.C. But, I mean, what a rampage in that short period. I mean, I, I don't know how much 
there was to be made, how much money you uh, make in that kind of A lot of time, of time these car jackings, uh, the, they're not just taking them for joy rides. They they have chop shops that um, want a certain type of vehicle, and so they'll they'll ride around until they find one, and they get out and car jack them, and they take it to chop shop, and that's why there's so Yeah, for, for, for there to uh, be this quantity, there yeah, has to be a very gang. quick turnaround definitely once gang, you're in the car. Definitely gang-related, and, and yeah, fortunately, nobody got killed. They didn't get a hold of these kids right. out there acting foolish. Yeah, well. I mean, back in me and Woody's day, we ate houses, and that was bad right, enough. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> I don't even think the term carjacking had been invented back then. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Mike, you ever been to a Broadway show? Of course. Woody? Mm, not in – not on Broadway. Okay. But you have, Mike? What's your favorite? Uh I, I hated one. most of them. Um, yeah. So to pick a favorite, uh, I guess I would. Um, boy, that's <laughs> get me on the. What did I like? I guess I liked Phantom of the Opera. Okay. I guess, it was all right. Uh, I guess I Five liked out Greece. Greece. Okay, so you've been uh, to quite a few. I've been to a lot. Like I should be able to name. Tw- oh, you know what? What's, well, I'm going to give one to Disney. I, Lion King on Broadway was great. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, it's a big deal in New York City. Uh, obviously, the Broadway shows, and a, uh, a woman was arrested for shoving a 87-year-old Broadway vocal coach onto the ground. It was actually her coach, and pled guilty to those charges related to the elderly woman's death. This is an 87-year-old woman, y'all. Uh, 87 on Wednesday, August 23rd, Lauren Pazienza entered a plea for one count of first degree manslaughter for killing Barbara Gusterin. Pazienza will be sentenced in September to eight years in prison with five years of post release supervision on March 10th of 2022. Uh, Pazienza was walking on West 28th street when she crossed the street shouted obscenities at Miss Gustern, and then intentionally shoved her to the ground. Pazienza walked away following the attack, but remained in the area for about 20 minutes. Gustern fell on her head, which resulted in a massive hemorrhage. She was rushed to a nearby hospital, became unconscious, put on life support, and died five days later. Following the push, Ponzianza got into a physical fight with her fiancé, then watched the ambulance take Gustern away. Ponzianza and her fiancé rode the subway to their apartment in Astoria, Queens, and she confessed to shoving Gustern. After getting rid of her social media profiles and wedding site, she went to Long Island to stay with family and Pazienza turned later turned herself in to the NYPD precinct. Shoved her to the ground. I bet she didn't think that lady was going to die. And now she's spending. Yeah, she thought it was an innocent push. Well, when you're 87 years old, yeah, it don't take much about that, right? Yeah. So uh, Crazy. good for her. Uh, get. I hope she gets more jail than that. All right. Well, you know what? I to give you all another hard one, boys. Uh. A family of five was found dead at their home in Ohio on Thursday night. Police in Uniontown near Akron responded to a wellness check at the family's home just after 7.30 p.m. Officers found five victims upon arrival at the home. 
They said the violence was a domestic dispute that turned deadly. The police department, along with the Bureau of Criminal Investigation, the coroner's office, and the Stark County's prosecutor's office are investigating the incident as a quadruple homicide suicide, according to the release. Authorities don't believe anyone other than the five victims were involved. Henry Campbell, the coroner's office, office lead investigator, identified the victims as Jason Dunham, uh, 46, Melissa Dunham, 42, and their children, Renee, Amber, and Evan. Campbell also confirmed that the victims all died from gunshot wounds. A neighbor who knew the family well described Melissa Dunham as a wonderful mother and called Jason a nice man but controlling. Um, still under investigation, y'all, and the kids were 15, 12, and 9. Crazy. Good God. An right. entire family. Whole family. That's all, all in one fell sweep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the whole bloodline. It's so, awful. And I, I, what drives you to that point? This story really shocked me because we're here in Louisiana, and this is, let's face it, this is a, this is a drinking state. Right. This is an alcohol state. Right. It's not a big, at least from what I've seen so far, not a big marijuana uh, state. <laughs> and coming from, coming from California, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all the kids did, and frankly, a lot of the parents. And you had the feeling that the the legal cannabis business was this huge, booming uh, business. I remember when I was doing the, the show with Mike Tyson, he was investing heavily in uh, in building out lots of uh, of real estate to uh, to grow. Well, I saw this article about the recreational weed industry being on the verge of collapse. And I thought it was interesting and that we should share it. So across the country, uh, marijuana has been legalized in 23 states. So virtually half of the U.S. has legal uh, cannabis at this point. It was a $26 billion industry last year, which is a big, you know, that's a big, big number, more than like two and a half times what the radio industry was. Uh, but even while sales were soaring, dispensaries say eking out a profit is getting harder and harder as a glut of weed production pushes prices lower and lower. A boon for blissed out pot consumers, maybe, but a bane for the growers and retailers. In California, dispensary chain MedMen, which was like the biggest one out there, once dubbed the Apple Store of, once dubbed the Apple Store of Weed teeters on the brink of financial ruin, while in New Jersey, a trade group warns the industry is stagnating in a doom loop due to licensing delays. Sadly, the legal cannabis markets demanded by countless Americans are on the verge of collapse. In common sense, practical reforms are not, in a, in, unless practical reforms are not enacted urgently. That's according to the National Cannabis Industry Association, the NCIA, uh, don't know if you guys have heard of them. I've never heard of them. Yep. Some key stats. So I said 23 states, the city with the highest number of dispensaries, Denver, Colorado, 319 yep. dispensaries. Last year, um, weed, legal weed sales out surpass alcohol sales in the state of Colorado. And that's Crazy. where Coors comes from. A state yeah, with the highest mind. annual sales volume, California did 423 million in sales. Like I said, national sales, 26 billion. 
number of Americans legally employed in the industry, 417,000, and the number who lost their job in the last year as the industry began to soften, 8,500. So about 2% of people have lost their jobs. Because the marijuana industry is regulated independently in each state where it is legal, the specific issues the industry faces vary state by state, but the industry's fractured nature can be part of the problem because any excess supply is officially trapped within the state it was grown in due to a federal ban on interstate commerce. So whatever gets grown in California has to be sold and consumed in California. Whatever gets grown in Colorado has to be consumed in Colorado. There's no interstate uh, commerce between uh, these companies. On the West Coast in particular, that has meant a glut of oversupply that has sent prices plunging. When legal sales began in Oregon, a pound of cannabis might have gone for around $3,000 wholesale a pound. Right now, you can get it for $100 to $150. That's according to Isaac Foster, the co-founder of wholesale distributor Portland Cannabis Market. I mean, that's 95% less than it originally cost. In Washington, which has some of the highest cannabis taxes in the country, the prices consumers pay in legal dispensaries can be even cheaper than illicit weed due to the huge quantity of excess pot being grown in the state. Nationwide, just 24% of companies in the cannabis industry are profitable. So three in four are failing. That's down from 42% last year. So the problem is getting worse. Uh, uh, cannabis businesses are struggling struggling under tax burdens. Federal law prohibits them from deducting business expenses from income taxes like in the normal business world. So if you're in that world and you're entertaining or you're traveling or any of those things, those are not deductible business expenses. I don't know where that came from and why. Uh, as a result, these companies in the pod trade, uh, pot trade are often paying an effective federal tax rate of up to 70%. That is a recipe for disaster. When everyone was speculating about the industry in 16, 17, and 18, we all had high hopes and grand expectations. The reality is setting in that there isn't a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Why can't this happen with alcohol? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing, yes, yeah, the, 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 that's the state's that recreational is legal in, even in Louisiana, the, the medical is legal, right? The, um, but the, they also, the federal government won't let them bank. They want, they, they can't bank in regular banks, but they really they tax the shit out of them. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. So Interesting. That most of those sales and everything are done on cash. You can now take off that belt. And move freely around the cabin. It is a mile high crime. It's time for a mile high. And a woman traveling in South Carolina found herself under arrest after allegedly physically attacking her husband in an airport when she found, wait for it, uh, explicit photos on his phone. From somebody else, right? Daddy right. was looking at a little internet mm-hmm. porn <laughs> while he was waiting for the plane. Maybe he had a girlfriend sending it to him. Maybe so, but he had some photos she didn't like to see. And when she said, let me take a selfie, he forgot. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Paula Barber, 55, was charged with one count of 
third-degree domestic violence after she kicked her husband twice in the legs during an argument at the Charleston International Airport. She'd been 35. She probably could have kicked him in the chest. Probably so. Or the balls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so police responded to a call of an active domestic dispute at guest services, and officers had to break up the physical argument between Barbara and her husband. The argument started after Barbara saw those indecent photos on her husband's phone. The suspect stated she just wanted to get away from the victim and fly back home. The husband and wife have reportedly been traveling from South Carolina on vacation. This is where this gets interesting. The husband, when the police approached them, he totally denies she kicked him. Look, they had an argument, but he's not wanting his right, wife right. to get arrested, right? Yeah, I he pretty, also, yeah, I had some pictures on my phone. Yeah, he's guilty for having the pictures. So they they must have walked up to him and just said, "Hey, man, did you you know we got to report your wife's Beating kicking your ass, you?" Yeah. <laughs> and he said, "No, no, that's bullshit." Well, what do the police do? Well, they go look at the surveillance footage, which shows him being kicked twice, in addition to Barber throwing his cell phone and attempting to strike him in the face. Barbara admitted to hitting her husband and was arrested. Now, uh, Barbara was booked into jail, released a day later on a $5,000 bond. My, my thing is, you know, sometimes as as police officers, maybe just use a little, yeah. you know, uh, you know yeah. decorum there and just say, y'all think you can get along until you get home. Maybe they were worried about her beating on him more. On a plane. At least, yeah. yeah. Um, they freaking went and looked at surveillance footage and everything yeah. else. They were hell bent determined. They probably had a lot of witnesses that said she was beating his ass. Yeah, and she was probably being kind of a a you know an asshole about it. And they were probably like, "All right, we'll put you in jail." You yep. know, you want to get an attitude? There you go, my. They, what you think, Mike? You ever get kicked by Jerry? No, no violence in my no house, no violence there. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash R-L-R-C. All right, well. I've been called some bad things. That that hurts even more when everything is mental. Take off that belt and move forward. That was your mile high crime for today. All right, now it's time. Yes! 
for Thursday. Kinky, kinky. So, you got that thing called Tinder? I do not have Tinder. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I don't have it. I've never been on it. But evidently, it's a big deal, right? Um, so, a Colorado woman is accused of tying up a man she met on Tinder before stabbing, choking, and threatening to kill him inside of Holy her shit. Right? <laughs> Laura. Laura Dooley, 22, was arrested Sunday after Colorado Springs police officers responded to the apartment complex. The officers had received a call around 5.45 p.m. that evening where they heard the 21-year-old victim saying he was bleeding all over the bed and telling someone, because you cut me and you're going to kill me. Responding officers found a male naked and bleeding in the parking lot of the apartment complex, and he needed help. So the victim was seen backing away from Dooley, who appeared to have blood smeared on her arms and hands, and the victim accused her of tying him up and cutting him. Mm. Right? The victim told officers the two had met on Tinder. They agreed to go to her apartment, where she took her clothes off and performed hey. oral sex hey on him before using duct tape or... Ooh. Yep, duct tape to bind the victim's wrists and ankles together. Mm. I'm pretty sure I'm not letting you fuck. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, hey, you might be a little freaking. He warned him up, and he was like, mm, might not be so bad, right? Mm -hmm. But the victim said he found it odd, but he consented to it. Right? <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. At some point, Dooley got out a kitchen knife and demanded the victim go to the bedroom, at which point he no longer consented to stay at her apartment. Right? <laughs> He's naked and duct tape. Once she pulled the knife yeah. out, it, it yeah. was, uh, maybe this ain't so fun after all. But, but the victim obeyed Dooley for fear of his life and got into her bed. <laughs> but Dooley then got on top of him mm. and cut his left shoulder uh -oh. before choking him with her hands and then with a belt. Holy cow, this chick's As, Yeah, right. <laughs> At some point, I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Dooley became upset that the victim was bleeding all over, bed, over her bed, so she told him to get in the bathtub. Oh. He complied. Like, I don't get it. If you can move from the bed to the bathtub, you can move out the door. Maybe right? he was hopping. Like, she had had to stab know. me in the back. Yeah, <laughs> But he complied, y'all, and duly ordered food from DoorDash. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, she didn't, While he's she in didn't, the tub. She didn't duct tape his mouth, so right? you but know, could she, eat. She allegedly told him, if you scream or say anything, I'll kill you. After eating, Dooley got into bed with the victim and pulled a blanket over him. The victim noticed that the knife she had used earlier was at her feet. Mm. After she fell asleep, the victim managed to obtain the knife and free himself. While attempting to get the, his keys and phone, he bumped into a table, waking her up, <laughs> and ran into uh. the parking lot for help. Responding officers conducted a, a sweep of Dooley's apartment and found a kitchen knife near the bed, Several soaked rags and blood all over the bathtub. Uh -huh. Dude was arrested and charged with several felonies, including secondary kidnapping, assault in the second degree, menacing, and false imprisonment. And we'll show a picture of her, 22 years old. I'm and y'all, she looks crazy, innocent crazy, as you can look. Crazy AF. No, right? she, she 
If you look at her eyes, she does not. She look, got something she looks, in her she eyes. Has yeah. Something. There's a little it's crazy nice. sparkle. Yeah, she in does her have eyes. a little crazy sparkle in her eyes. We're gonna post that, and y'all but, tell us. But that was a good one. But she w- she wanted to cuddle at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she felt. She I think she off. felt bad about all the blood. Water and fucking door down. been cut and duct taped, and you're in the bathtub because you're bleeding in my bed, bitch. And then get back in the bed. I can only imagine what he was because it, it was like a progression, right? Yeah, First, yeah, she yeah, gives point, him a little blowjob, right, right, right. and he's like, "Oh, this it, is going good." Yeah. Then she's let me put this duct tape around. He's like, "Yeah, hey, that's a little freaky, but all right, all right. I'm, I'm down." Yeah. Then she pulls out a knife, right. and you're so like, "Oh, I done screwed up." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very good, Woody. Yeah, that was yeah. A good yeah look for me. That's an really acceptable good. exchange. <laughs> I mean, I got, a, I, got a, knife, I got a couple of cuts. And, and maybe some skin burns no, from the no hair on your wrists and ankles from the duct tape being ripped off eventually. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't hurt that bad. I get fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and a could, couple. Of I'd the, call yeah. that night he a could win. Screen the door when DoorDash delivered. Maybe it's a no contact delivery. Yeah, maybe so. That was wow. a good one. That was your kinky crimes for Thursday. Love those kinky crimes. Banjo time. Dumb criminals for August thirty first. Do we actually have? Yeah, yeah. I, say you actually I can give do a, one? I can do a poem. If no, 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 a limerick. I can Dumb do a limerick. Okay, okay, we'll do. We have to have a board. We'll do. You know, got to spread these things out. In nine eleven audio released by Hillsborough County, Florida sheriffs, Renee Dawn Scogland of actually. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, she was traveling in Florida, mm-hmm. claimed that she pulled over to the side of Interstate 75 after having some car trouble. She then reported that a male suspect put a towel over her head, shoved her in the car, and raped her while her arms and legs were tied. Mm-hmm. Scoglin told police that a particular type of rope was used, and authorities discovered that that product was sold at a nearby Walmart. During a thorough search of local Walmart locations, police saw surveillance video of Scotland buying that rope. Following this discovery, detectives recovered video from multiple places Scotland visited in the time surrounding the alleged attack. All of that video refuted her initial statements. She attempted to change her story, but then admitted to having fabricated the entire incident. Scotland who was married at the time, fabricated this rape story because she was trying to get a free STD test. Oh, my God. Why was she trying to get a free STD test? Because while she was visiting Florida, she kind of had consensual sexual intercourse Mm. with an individual, and then she felt guilty about it because she was married and she wanted to get checked out to make sure she didn't have... You know, she didn't catch anything from this mm. consensual sexual intercourse. She could have gone to a health unit. Yeah, she, uh, well, she took advantage of our 911 emergency line and diverted attention from actual victims who need the viable resource available in their investigative scenarios. Scoglin was sentenced to two years of community control, a form of house arrest, and eight years of probation. But get this, she owes the sheriff's office $17,245.26 for the resources they expended while investigating her bullshit story. 
that's a big price to pay for being a dumb. That is dumb, dumb, dumb. I mean, the Walmart thing was dumb, but just yeah. to get an S, uh, uh, fucking ben- $17,245.26. Nine one one dispatcher Brandy in, in Brandy. Uh, yeah. By your yeah, she by was former dispather. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, she gets she probably some, tell you she, a few she, stories she, oh, crazy. Yeah. Like she gets some get banjos that. and some fills. She's earned Definitely. it. Definitely. All right, so we've got, you know, yesterday in my research, I actually came up with a new segment. All right. That's right. So in the United States, y'all, there are a lot, Who voted on this a lot of laws out there that are a bit outdated and have never been removed from the books. But technically, you can be, and some have been, arrested for them. So in honor of sheer curiosity and my enjoyment of obscure law research, I have created another one of our fame segments that I will bring periodically and going to call Sex Laws That Suck. (laughs) That's right. Sex Laws That Suck. I don't have an intro for it yet, but in Georgia, sexual intercourse between unwed people is illegal. If you're not wed, you can't have sex, meaning... If you're a single man and a single woman, not if you're wed and they're wed. <laughs> That's illegal everywhere. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think anybody's breaking that law. In Georgia, sexual intercourse between unwed people is illegal. In San Antonio, Texas. Let's go to San Antonio. There's more than the Alamo in San Antonio, y'all. In the River Wall. There's the Alamo Dome. That's, there, there is the Alamo Dome. And uh, David Robinson somewhere. I don't think he lives there anymore. Oh, okay. Well, in San Antonio, Tim Texas. Duncan, Tim Duncan might live. Tim Duncan, yes. Flirting is banned by statute. <laughs> no kidding. There is a statute on the books that says you cannot it. flirt. Probably been on that. They just get right to the it. The real Alamo just, was there. Yeah. They just get right to it. How about this one? Right. Indiana. Indiana, I know you're out there. Don't use corn cows. No. Oral sex is banned. Huh. Banned. So our, our friend from Kinky Crimes, yeah, she yeah, had been screwed there. That had been she an automatic been. arrest. Can't. Can't do that That's in Indiana. Crazy. Either way, I would imagine. Whether, right. You know, in Washington, D.C., we talked about D.C. today. Right. In Washington, D.C., get this sexual intercourse outside of missionary style is illegal. Really? Mike would not have a problem because <laughs> that's all they do, I would imagine. <laughs> No, because it's 99 He doesn't branch out. 99% mental. <laughs> 90, that's right. Honey, I know you wouldn't want me to, to even validate that. Don't bring her in there. That's so stupid. <laughs> but who knew in Washington? Now, in Minnesota, I'd be in a bind here. I ain't going to lie. Sleeping naked is illegal. Well, I'd be yeah. underneath the jail. Yeah. That's it. You cannot sleep naked in Minnesota. Mike, you look perplexed. You can't believe that. You're trying I, can't to rem- believe, I can't believe anyone sleeps naked. Are I you trying to remember? I have slept naked. I can't Minnesota. sleep with clothes on. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's too restrictive. That's weird. For, for the <laughs> anaconda. <laughs> in Minnesota, sleeping naked is illegal. In Idaho, you cannot engage in any form of public displays of affection for more than 18 minutes. 
For more than 18. 18. Yes. Now, where the 18 choice. came from, yeah. I have no idea. It seems I guess even, strange. Even holding hands for 18 minutes. Yeah, hey, I met That's some, a public uh, display of Shout out to the uh, lifers in, from Idaho that I met this weekend. That's right. You sure all this didn't no come from one of your I'm 100% smishing, sure. fishing, dishing? This is dishing. all in the books. I have researched statutes all over the nation. Okay, whoever did this to Jim with their text... Don't don't send him <laughs> anymore. Is, they, these are ridiculous. These can't be lost. In Iowa, it's even worse than Idaho, y'all. Five minute limit on kissing. Really? Yes. Hmm. So that's pretty much pecs only. Yeah. There ain't there ain't <laughs> well, no the eighteen total. the eighteen minute thing wasn't kissing though, right? It's just PDA. No, that was just PDA all around. Well, real PDA, so you could vary it a little bit. Well, I like to make out for six minutes, so right. I, I ain't never living in Iowa. Right there, you go. How about that in Alabama? Uh oh. And 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 look, I have confirmed all these, so they are accurate. <laughs> Sex toys are illegal. What? Yes, sir. And if you go to Alabama, they do not have sex toy shops. Uh, I don't think. But you they get, have Spencer's you, gifts. You can uh, you can get delivered. By they do Amazon. have Spencer's oh, gifts, probably. That's a good point. Now, an old law in California actually makes it illegal for one partner to have an orgasm before the other during foreplay. Right, that's the best. Still on the books. Even if why, do you think, it, why do you think yeah. I left the state? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was it. They're chasing you. They're still Jerry Endo told on I've you. Changed my name three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're in that state, or you happen to be married to Mike, uh, <laughs> actually, that's so that, stupid. Come on, where's your timing? Is that? everything it makes no sense. All jealous, of that is true. Yeah, don't be jealous because it came up with this uh, new fire. <laughs> Look, segment, yeah. this is a fire segment, and I got hundreds of oh, them. <laughs> so that is, but I'm only going to give you about ten at a time, y'all. I got to come up with an intro for this sex laws. That's uh, that's a good yes. One. That yes, you have to admit, I guess, that's some pretty bizarre I, I, shit. I rolled along, laughed along with some of that. <laughs> yeah, I do okay. think that was from a smishing it fishing not, expedition. No, I know I've, Jim, I've Jim spoken to senators and everything. <laughs> 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 and I'm sure you have governors. The governors, right. I've confirmed some of those senators would be happy to know about some of those. Feel free to Google it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, Woody, any shout-outs? Uh, just to all our lifers out there. We love yeah. y'all. Appreciate love each and every one of y'all. What about the aglets? Do we shout those out? You're not allowed to speak Like I said, lifers. They wish not to hear from you. You may talk to your bovine friends. The boas. <laughs> Original Real Life Real Crime drops on Tuesdays, Bloody Angola on Thursdays, yeah, yeah. and that's the it. Daily Show right. every other day of the week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And our rescue.org. Our rescue.org see yes. something, say something, help stop human trafficking worldwide. That's it. Quickie, remember tomorrow the premiere of my buddy Jerry Getz's show, God, Family, and Football, about. Louisiana football coaching legend Denny Duron. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah. You getting it? Yeah, That's close enough. That up. is on Amazon Freebie. Amazon Freebie premieres tomorrow. That's right. And uh, and we shouldn't have next week, Woody, if Bloody and Golan Real Life Real Crime made the top 10, or, or actually, 
How, so we, how does that know, work? We already know that. Um, well, I, it's not until the war ceremony will be September 30th. And we won't find out until, until then. then. Okay. So there's your update on that. Somebody had asked me the yeah, other day yeah. online. It'd, so. be that, it'd be the, I think, the whatever that last day of the month is. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Christy Turner.